I'm Daria Rose, and this is The Foodist Podcast, where real people use real food to get healthy and lose weight without dieting. Hello, and welcome to The Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. Today, I'm talking to Adrian, who she has a history of dieting, but more recently in the last uh, five years, she's gotten into, she had gotten into bodybuilding and bodybuilding is really pretty hardcore. You have to spend, you know, months at a time being very, very strict with what you eat, measuring everything out. You can't do anything social. You can't do anything fun. I mean, and then there are times when it's a little more lax, but it's, it's all pretty controlling around food. And some people can handle that fine. Uh, Adrienne was really not one of them. She became obsessed with food and always wondering when her next cheat meal would come, planning it out. Just She had a map of all the places that she wanted to get burgers on her day. She was allowed to eat a burger. And she, it became pretty unhealthy for her. And just, and and this went up until last year. So this is a pretty recent phenomenon and she wasn't very happy. And her husband was really not happy about how it was going because it was very difficult for them to have friends and do social things. So Adrian had a deep obsession with food. And I think anybody who's really been into dieting can relate to this. I, I certainly could. I related to a lot of what she said. I used to have just journals and journals of food diaries so that I could keep track of everything because I wanted to just be on top of this and kind of be a control freak over what I ate. And it's hard to stop that, even if you want to. So, but Adrian realized just a few weeks ago, actually, that she had stopped doing that. And what she noticed was that it was a result of mindful eating, which she just started early this year with the Mindful Meal Challenge. Granted, there was some other changes that she'd been making before that. She'd been reading Michael Pollan and getting more into real natural foods and things like that. But uh, mindful eating really was a trigger for her to be back in touch with what the food she was eating. And it's fascinating to hear what happened for her because it wasn't like a decision she made or a realization that came to her in, in such an intellectual way. But she she discovered that she really loves the food she ate and that led through mindful eating and that led down a path toward, I mean, freedom, I think is the best word for it. I mean, she was sort of a slave to her mind's obsession with eating the right things. And now she just is happy and likes her food and it's really cool. So if you've had any any issues with food obsession or anything, I think Adrienne's story will really be inspirational to you, especially if you have a history of bodybuilding. Because I know I've talked to a lot of bodybuilders and I know that that can be something that's very difficult to get past because it, it's something that gets so ingrained into your psyche. So give it a listen and let me know what you think. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks. You have you're a success story, and I am curious to hear your story because you have been through a lot with food and had a sort of an obsession. <laughs> I think it's fair to say uh, with food, and have managed to overcome that. And I know that a lot of people, especially those who have been concerned with dieting or their body have have 
you know, it's easy. It's something that happens to become, you know, very, very focused on food. And I, I, I've been there myself. Like when I actually, when I moved to New York a couple of years ago, I found just pages and pages and pages of food journals, like where I would just for years had recorded every single thing I'd put in my mouth. And, um, getting over that is a big deal because it really kind of is horrible for your quality of life. So, um, I'm always fascinated to hear how somebody gets past that. So I'm definitely a work in progress um, with 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 that, and but I'm happy to be a work in progress now, which is great, um, and to take things slowly. But I have, you know, basically been dieting since I was 18 years old, um, which is quite a lot of years now. Um, and there's been, you know, everything. So there's been counting calories. There's been not counting calories. There's been uh, not eating fat, eating fat, um, whole whole range of you know different different types of things. But really, for me, it got a bit more intense when I did a twelve week program, which was about twelve hundred calorie based. And um, if I look back at that time, I was always hungry and I was always always tired. How long ago was that? Uh, that was two thousand twelve, so five years ago. Okay. Oh, 2011. So six years ago. And so in your mind at that time, was that this was like a new, just another new diet? Yeah, it was. Um, but it was also um, a bit of a, a revelation. You know, it was, was, you know, this program by a celebrity trainer. And actually through it, I, I met a whole lot of people. And we've definitely been on our own journeys and we're, we're still friends now. It's been really interesting to see everybody's, you know, um, health and fitness journey since then. Um, but it, it was very, very, um, zealous, I guess. And it was very, um, all or nothing. I think those programs are very all or nothing. Okay. So from doing that, I got into a lot of kind of sporty exercise things, um, and then into bodybuilding. And the thing with bodybuilding is that, you are always hungry and always thinking about your next meal. Right. So did you get into body? Was it because of the community there that other people were into it and you decided that that would be fun or how, how did that go? Yeah, partly. There were a lot of, um, what about three or four people I think in there who had done um, some bodybuilding. I was lucky I got into it later than them and so I learned a lot from what they did because they, we have a couple of people there who've really destroyed their metabolisms which has been a big lesson to me. So I was very, very wary when I was looking for a coach about what they might do and very wary about my, what I might follow. I still, of course, went into it 100% and, um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and did follow it. So it was for three years I did that. And um, just uh, we're coming into winter now and it's um, Mandarin season here. And I realised that I hadn't eaten a Mandarin for three years because uh, there's not much fruit on those diets. And uh, it, th- let me tell you, mandarins are delicious, I've discovered. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was very, very strict. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Um, you know, five or six meals a day uh, where everything's weighed or measured, everything into a container, everything pre-prepped. Um, and then, of course, um, for most of your year, um, one cheat meal as well. Um, and so I really found myself 
thinking about that cheat meal a lot, I became absolutely obsessed with hamburgers. Um, they were just, I just like, thought about hamburgers day and night. And um, on that, that cheat meal, it was really a case of, of going a bit over the top, you know. And how, how often were the cheat meals? Once a week. So you would just like spend your entire week obsessing about the one time you could eat something you actually liked. The one time I could eat a hamburger. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, to, when I say that, I had fantastic coaches who fed me well, you know, I, I don't think I was on ever on anything less than say 1500 calories or so. Um, and a good range of food as well, but it's just the fact that it's completely planned, you know, and, um, it, it, it was hard, I think, on everybody else. You know, it was hard on my mother-in-law. You know, I'd go to her place. She'd say, you eating or not eating today? You know, and yeah. um, hard on my husband who did a lot of my food prep for me, which I was very lucky for. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Can I ask you, the food, that your non-cheat food, what was that? Did you enjoy that at all or was it just like I'm fueling for this thing and I just need to get this over with? I did I enjoy it that's a very good question mostly not there are some things within it that felt like a treat like for example oats and protein powder and it was like you might spend all day you might have oats and protein powder you know as your last meal and so you would know that you could last on the food that you had as long as you had that meal at night. It's weird for me to think of anything that containing protein powder as a treat. <laughs> you know, I've, I've totally realized that I can't do total protein powder at all, um, especially whey protein powder since then. So, um, but you know, I had it every day, at least twice a day for three years. So, um, wow. yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I don't really regret anything I, I ever do or I try not to. And I learned so much from um, that. And even things like, you know, if you can't eat a tomato for 12 weeks and then you eat a tomato, tomatoes taste amazing. <laughs> you know, so so I did I did learn and um, come to respect, you know, what, you know, was good and what tasted good and, and things like that. But it's definitely not a right way to eat to, to um, you know, know that in three hours' time you're going to have to eat this next meal and then another three hours, the next one. It's a very difficult way to live, I think. Yeah, it sounds really difficult. Mm. It's like both a lot of work and a lot of stress. Yeah, 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 it is. And 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 some people kind of take that on and it's their life. But but for them, there are some people where um, it, it is more about the athletics, you know, and it's just part of the, the eating is, is part of the athletics. And I think for those people... Um, they they tend to be able to kind of live with it, but when it's too much, I think about the dieting. That's when it sort of becomes a problem. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting distinction. So, it, yeah, if it's more about like a physical performance, you know, it's, it sounds it's less like a restriction. It's more like a there's still an obvious reward, like you get to perform better. Whereas, like if it's just about restricting so that you can look a certain way. It doesn't have the same built-in motivation system. It's just sort of pain. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the truth is I uh, didn't really enjoy getting up on stage. You know, people would say, enjoy your time to shine, enjoy being on stage. Um, I never enjoyed that, but I did enjoy the training and the focus that you could get from training. 
and you know the fact that you're building for a goal. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Like the, yeah. the I mean, as somebody who did ballet. Um, I, I liked class more than I liked the shows and, and, and with marathon training, like I liked my, my practice runs more than the actual races. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause I did, Yeah. Like I liked the structure. I liked getting better at something. Yes. Interesting. So what, what changed? You did this for three years. When did, when did you start just thinking about maybe doing something differently? So I think I, I wasn't actually doing that well um that so that does make you think um start thinking a little bit differently so really I think my last comp was September last year and I think one of my biggest motivations was that my um my husband was just over it because um you know you do get very hangry very very hangry (laughs) um and you know you do have to have your food there and you can't I think the biggest thing is you can't be social so, you know, there's yeah. a 12 week period, 12 to 14 week period where you don't have any treat meals. So you can't go out with friends. You, you, um, you know, if you plan to catch up with people, can't really be about food because you've always got to take your own. Um, if you go to a dinner party at someone's place, you have to take your own food. 12 weeks is no joke. No, it's not 12 days. Like 12 days of that would be hard. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he, he, after three years, um, rightly probably got a bit fed up with it. He, if he, if I'd wanted to, you know, keep going and if it had been the passion of my life, he would have supported me. But um, yeah, he definitely, definitely got over it. So, um, so I finished up last year, and since then, I um, I've been very influenced by that idea about eat real food, mostly plants, and not too much. Yeah, Michael Pollan's uh, In Defense of Food and Eater's Manifesto. I love that book. It's such a good book. If people haven't read it and they and you're curious, like it's really just breaks down nutrition into the simplest form and it's like the science is all solid and it's awesome. Yeah. I also read his book about um, food production, which was very, very scary too. Oh, the omnivore's dilemma. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, but um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of feel a bit more now like I'm on a bit of a journey. So I, f- I feel like I'm kind of conquering the eat real food part, but I do have a lot of meat in my diet. There is a lot of meat in, in um, bodybuilders' diets for sure, and I kind of kept some of, some of that. So, um, so I think, feel like I'm on a, a journey towards that and um, kind of allowing myself to be on that journey um, without being too concerned that my clothes are feeling a little bit tighter or, or whatever. That's where I got to doing the Mindful Meal Challenge. Um, I did it in a week yeah. when my husband was away. I didn't, I, you know, I thought it was, I did it because I thought it was really doable. It was five days. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious what drew you to it. I mean, but even before that, even before you thought it was doable, like what made you think mindful eating was... Interesting. Um, I know that in my little family that we eat very fast and um, we comment on it between ourselves and we often eat in front of the telly. We um, are often the people on the table who have finished before everybody else. Um, and part of that for me was was the bodybuilding thing, but part of it is just just how we are. And I wanted to give it a 
go just to see what it meant. And because it wasn't a huge commitment, I I felt like I could kind of follow through with that without it being a huge burden on my life, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mindful eating can be daunting because basically you feel like you're always failing at it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it feels like the super long journey, kind of like meditating. But yeah, so in, in the Mindful Meal Challenge, for those who don't know, it's it's a challenge to just cho- pick one mindful meal every day for five days where you kind of just eat quietly. And I, I send some videos and take you through the challenge. But every day there's sort of like a different video that you, you can do. But um, yeah, it's it was designed to be super accessible and like not this because I feel like a lot of the times people like I try to eat mindfully and they sort of vaguely try to eat mindfully every day and that does nothing it's like (laughs) it's like you can't like you can't do it that way so um yeah just dedicating one meal a day for five days which is really short and because I've kind of had this history of I've got a goal I've got to finish the goal I've got to do the goal you know this was something that I could do without becoming all all out obsessed with it which you know, I didn't didn't really want to um, go into anything that was kind of obsessive, and I tried meditation a bit, and 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 um, kind of um, failed at it uh, per se. Really, um, so hard. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so that's that's why I wanted to give it a go, and I found some interesting things that I didn't expect to find. I think. I kind of, I think I expected, oh, I'm going to be able to take my time and really feel when I feel full. Um, but I didn't find that. I found firstly, when I looked at my plate, oh, there's a lot of food. Oh yeah, actually that's quite a lot of food. And so it was good to have that, that moment for pause. But what I found mostly was I'm always a person who eats the best thing last, I have been for all my life. And, um, I couldn't ever think it's such an ingrained habit that, that I couldn't ever think about doing anything else. But what I found when I was eating was that some of the things I was leaving to last, I actually really enjoyed. Oh, sorry, I was eating first. I really enjoyed. So I was just putting them in the category, and these were mostly the veggie things or whatever. I was putting them in the category of things I didn't like, but actually I really did like them. So I had that kind of moment to to figure that out and and I think what I learned most was that the food I was eating I really enjoyed and I enjoyed it more than a burger <laughs> um and wow yeah yeah and, and burgers are good <laughs> burgers, burgers are really good but I I'm not that much of a cook but I make a fantastic breakfast and um I was it was just I realize I like to eat like this, you know, I don't, I don't have to eat like this, you know, I can anytime go and, and get whatever I want, but I really like to um, eat real fresh food, which is what my breakfasts were or still are. And I, it, it was a kind of a revelation to me. Here was this food and I was really enjoying it and, um, since that time, I feel like my food is more of a choice. And that has been empowering to me, I think. And um, I guess I didn't really realize it was maybe a month or so after I did the Mindful Meal Challenge that um, I was reading on the Mindful, Mindful Meal Facebook group. Um, somebody said, I'm hungry all the time. I think about food all the time. 
and I was sitting on on a train and it was, you know, around lunchtime and I thought, I'm not hungry. I'm not. I In reading this, I wasn't thinking about food. I haven't thought about food the whole time I've been on this train. And it was a real extraordinary revelation to me because I feel like I haven't felt that way for at least at least five years, probably longer. Wow. Mm. And you noticed this at, way after the challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe it was a month, uh, a month or so after. So it wasn't, I was obviously feeling that way after the challenge, but it wasn't until somebody said and, and really put down in black and white exactly what my life had been like. It was like they jumped into my head and, and pulled it out and said, you know, I, I can't, how can I stop just thinking about food all the time and um, not, not focusing on, you know, what's coming up for dinner or when, when I can eat next or whatever. And it was just at that moment that I thought, that's really weird, but I'm not thinking about food at all. And, and I totally would have been before. I'm curious what you feel like created that. Because it's one thing to recognize that you actually really like your food. And by the way, that's a super fascinating and really cool observation because it's very common. People just classify vegetables as like, hashtag not as good. <laughs> And like, and like, I tell people all the time, like vegetables are delicious and they just think I'm a freak. Like they're like, oh, you're just a different breed of person who likes vegetables. It's like, no, 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 (laughs) I didn't used to. And I can think of a list of 40 things that I were vegetables. I would say I didn't like in the past, but I, I just opened my mind and my experience to that possibility and it changed everything for me. And, but, but that doesn't necessarily lead directly to, I don't think about food all the time anymore in a super obvious way. So I'm curious why you think that is related. I feel like it's about choice and it's about, um, especially, you know, the three years I did bodybuilding, you eat what is written down on a piece of paper for, you know, a month or two weeks or whatever. And um, you don't really have choice within that. And I feel like, it, it was about realizing that the food I eat is a choice and I could, there's lots of different food I eat, but this is, this is an active choice I'm, make, I'm making for myself that I like. You know, I, I feel a lot less like everything else is restricted. So, but I feel like I'm choosing what I like and choosing what I want or um, like it was like the treat meal or whatever was a reward for being good almost. Mm-hmm. but not I didn't feel like I needed that anymore because it was that realizing that 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 I liked that and I didn't need a treat almost that I had to think about it's it just kind of came on me suddenly so it was um very strange <laughs> it's funny you know I had a similar epiphany and I think I had it like while I was writing my book, so like 2011. <laughs> um, I mean, I, it, it wasn't published until 2013, but I was writing it in 2011, 2012 area. And what is what basically what you're describing is switching from being externally motivated to do to eat a certain way or eat certain foods to being intrinsically internally motivated to eat the foods because they're delicious. Yeah. Mm. And 
that is exactly what happened to me. I mean, I, you know, I wasn't a bodybuilder, but I was very much obsessed with food. I had a very similar experience in my life of constantly worried about food, constantly being hungry, constantly wondering what's next. Um, when can I eat again? Like, what's it going to be? How am I going to manage it? Like, how am I going to feel full and not feel and not get fat or whatever? Like, it was happening in my brain, and it was a constant, exhausting process. And when I decided to just stop worrying about dieting and focus on health and focus on vegetables, and I just, for me, I think it was just I let the dieting part go. And I don't, you know, and it was hard to do, but like that's what happened. Like I just mentally was like, I'm going to just focus on health for a while. And, and it was the same thing. I like, I, I got all excited about the farmer's market and I started shopping and like getting all excited about vegetables and fruits and like started blogging about it and stuff. And it was like, that's exactly what happened. Like I became excited about the food I was eating instead of dreading and hating it. I mean, like, yeah, for me, a treat used to be, like the cinnamon toast flavored Atkins bar. <laughs> like eating. It's like the grossest thing in the world, but at least it tasted sugary and sweet and like something I might actually choose to eat. Mm. But everything else was just disgusting before that. It was like steamed chicken breasts and steamed vegetables with no anything on it. And we were like, that was probably one of the better things I ate. It was mostly like, I would, I would eat like mounds of like fat-free plain yogurt, which is like so sour and gross. And it was just terrible. Mm. And that, yeah, but I didn't realize for like years, <laughs> like that, that what, what, the, what, that that was like the crux of what changed. The fact that I went from, I mean, I think I vaguely knew it, but in the fact that I was motivated before for an outcome of my body. And that was why I was eating and nothing felt like a choice. And when it became something that I was excited about, it became easy. I didn't need willpower anymore. I was happy. I ate things that were satisfying. And and like when you switch to being intrinsically motivated like that, gosh, your life is so much better. (laughs) It's like so much better. Yeah. And and it's, it's about, you know, going, not eating the salad because it's the right thing. It's about eating that because actually that's what I feel like that's what I want you know and um so it's 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 like you're not punishing yourself quite as much um it's it's like obviously things don't just disappear overnight um so it's everything is still a work in progress maybe always will be um but oh yeah and I'm not pretending that like I don't factor in health Mm, or like mm, mm. calories and stuff into my decisions. But but no matter what I'm eating, even if it's quote healthy, I'm eating it because I love it. Mm, mm. Like the health is like a factor, but it's not like I'm not eating anything that's gross. Whereas I used to eat things that were gross just because I thought they were healthy or going to keep me thin or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And and of course that notion of health just keeps changing, you know, low-fat, high-fat, low calorie, more calories, you know, it's about macros, you know, so, so, but when you look at the ingredients on the back of some of those things, they're not healthy, (laughs) you know. Crazy. So you started eating mindfully. It helped you realize that you actually enjoy some foods more than you thought. And it made you, it helped you stop obsessing about what you eat all the time. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It was just that realisation. And, you know, I did have one meal, you know, I got a, went and got a steak and I cooked that and I had it with something and I got to a part of it and I realised this, you know, the size of a steak is huge, you know, and it was mess and I wasn't enjoying it. And I did stop it. So I did have, have that as well. So it was also the realisation maybe there are some things that are just I, I also don't like and, and so I'm just going to stop putting them into my into my mouth. Even if they are kind of healthy, it wasn't that feeling of feeling full like I thought I'd get, you know, oh, I'll feel full so I'll be able to stop at 80% or whatever. Um, it was more that feeling of, yeah, actually that's not really something I'm enjoying right now. Awesome. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the full thing because uh, it's something that I, I talk about in the in the challenge and the videos that I, a big misunderstanding that people have, and I, I think it comes from the intuitive eating community, but um, a big misunderstanding that people have is that the, the purpose of mindful eating is to know when you're full and stop eating. Mm. And that's not true. <laughs> I mean, it can happen. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly more likely to happen if you're conscious of what's going on in the world, but the, that's not the goal. And, and yeah, and it doesn't always necessarily happen that way. A lot of the times you, you realize that you're eating certain ways or whatever, and, and like completely different reasons influence your behavior, but you still stop eating sooner yeah. <laughs> in yeah. my experience. But it's not necessarily because you are like, constantly paying attention to your stomach and being like, is it full? Is it full? Is it full? It's like, no, that, you're supposed to be focused on the food. Yeah. Like that's what mindful eating is. Yeah. If you're trying, if you're focused on your stomach, you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. And, and it's partly, you know, one of the, the exercises about focusing what it's like, it feels like in your mouth. So I think partly that was important to me as well, you know, in realizing and, and this, this was great or this wasn't so great. You know that was that was really important, but uh, it's been. You mean like, like the texture? Yeah, like the the texture. You know, this is. I mean, normally it's especially bodybuilding. You know, shove it in your mouth so it can get into your stomach as fast as possible because then I've got another meal in three hours. Yeah, that's a good point because processed food it has like a very distinctive texture mm. or lack thereof. Mm. Oh yeah. And the colors, you know, the colors, like with my breakfast, I do, you know, English spinach, tomatoes, um, baked eggs with some prosciutto, um, I, you know, a handful of whatever vegetables I have baked in the, in the fridge, put them all in and the colors, it just looks so beautiful. You know, I think that was important then as well. That made me pretty happy that I was eating such pretty food. That's awesome. Mm. And it is an important part of your experience. It's like, it's easy to forget. But if, if you look at something and like look and think, gosh, that's beautiful. That looks amazing. You're ch- you've already prepped your brain to enjoy it more. Yeah. Yeah. And because and- your, your experience of pr- your perception of, fo- of food is like not just how it tastes. Like that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not really, as I say, I'm not much of a cook. So I'm more an assembler. And putting things together and um it w- was nice to know to realize that I was kind of treating myself in some of the things that I did and in some ways the more mindful I was when I did the assembly or put things together um the the better it also felt to me or the more um maybe because I felt I'd put that work in or I realized I put that work in so 
it definitely um, felt if I did something a bit more slapdash that that wasn't as as good a treat to me as well. Oh, that's a really good point. You know, it's I you know somebody did a guest post on Summer Tomato, my friend Jules Clancy from The Stone Soup, and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes about mindful cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a really lovely idea. And it's completely true. It's like, I feel like we're all sort of, especially like people in the food blogger world, uh, we have a tendency to tell people kind of what they want to hear, which is, this is really fast. It's not going to take a lot of time. Don't worry, you can do it in five minutes. Even you can do it. <laughs> um, and they, while like obviously time is incredibly precious and you don't want to be like slaving in the kitchen, especially if it's not your thing, there's something to be said about not just dismissing cooking as a chore and taking the time to recognize that you're preparing something for your body and it's something that you're going to enjoy. And that if you do that, it actually makes you enjoy the food more. Mm. It's really cool. It's a really cool concept because it... I don't know. It's like you, if you're, you're, you have to feed yourself anyway. Like you don't have to hate it. Yeah. 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 And, you know, this is all these re- revelations didn't come to me at the time or even, you know, just a few days later. It wasn't until sometime later that, that it all came to me that I am eating healthily and I'm enjoying it. And I'm not, if I want to go and, um, you know, there's a place where I often get my lunch and, and I normally go to the place that does the based on big green salad with salmon or whatever. Um, and there's pizza there as well and, you know, a lot of things. So I can get any of those things. But really, I don't want any of those other things. So I think before I possibly maybe didn't really want them, but I felt like I wanted them anyway. You know, all the time I felt like I was not able to have that. And, um, so I was kind of focused on, on that, but now I'm like, mm, I would actually prefer to eat something a bit green. That's so awesome. It, it's so hard. It's so funny. It's like, if somebody is moralizing food or restricting certain foods for whatever reason, and they're like, gosh, I just can't stop thinking about pizza. I can't stop thinking about burgers. It like, if you tell them, if you stop moralizing food, then you're not going to want pizza and burgers as much. They think you're insane. <laughs> because it's so like when you're in that state it's so hard to believe that it, that somebody with the freedom to eat pizza whenever they want wouldn't just do it yeah right because it sounds like it's like the forbidden fruit and it's just it just you feel so strongly that the draw to the thing you're not supposed to have yes that you forget that like that's half the reason the draw is so strong is that you can't have it. That if you did let yourself have it, you would only want it a normal amount of time. Like I want pizza sometimes. I want burgers mm. sometimes. I love burgers, but <laughs> I want burgers fairly often. But I, and I have them, but like, it's not like it was, it is, or like it was when I was dieting and like everything seemed so, so much better than what I had. Yeah. I think too that with more mindful eating, you do get a bit of a better sense of how you feel at the end of the meal. And so that has an opportunity to sink in and into some of your decision-making as well. So, um, you know, sometimes walking past that pizza place or whatever, I'll be like, no, I, I might feel, 
you know, I feel bloaty, I feel um, not really comfortable in myself if I had that anyway. So I think I think they did give that opportunity to make me realise that that also makes me feel good. Um, and if you're just eating that food anyway, you, you can't, that never sinks in, I guess. 100%. 100%. It's yeah, when you when you eat mindfully, one of one of the hardest things that to do if you if you're if you eat a lot of processed food, I would say whether it's healthy or not. You know, eat like when I ate dieter processed food versus people who eat just straight up junk food often. Um in both cases, it can be quite because you're I mean, when that's how you eat, you you eat mindlessly. Like nobody mindfully eats. <laughs> Like, processed food because it's horrible. Um, so it's either you're like sitting in front of the TV, you're like putting stuff in your mouth, or you're just like eating in the car, trying to get to your next meeting or whatever. It, it you're not that lack of attention. It's almost like you didn't eat. You know, it's almost like it didn't count. And so you're right when you when your body feels a certain way afterwards. It's for some reason it's really difficult to make that connection, but. So often I talk to people that when they start really paying attention and sometimes I, uh, ha- I instruct people to keep habit journals that that records what they're doing all the time, but also how they feel afterwards because that's a big part of how habits form. Mm. It, 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 like, it can be such an eye-opener because when you're forced to pay attention, you're like, oh yeah, like I don't want to feel like that all the time. That's the reason I don't eat donuts every day. Not because... Not because I'm not supposed to or because they'll make me fat or whatever it is that I was telling myself before. The reason is because like if I ate that way all the time, I'd feel like crap. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to feel like crap. I want to feel awesome. And I, I like salads too. Like I like vegetables. I like real food. I'm just going to choose that most of the time. And sometimes you 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 veer off and, and make a different choice and that's fine. But yeah, there's this when you can connect how you feel afterward in a very profound way, when you feel it in your body and you're like, oof, I don't feel good right now. Like I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Like that, then like, you know, it doesn't take willpower to resist it. Yeah. Yeah. And probably more um, understanding of what I do like that might, you know, I've, I've kind of come to that. I do like that stuff that is totally worth it. So I'm, I've realized I am a, bigger fan than most people of kind of sweet bready products so um those kind of easter buns that were have just been around you know i'm gonna have some because and but i'm not gonna have anything i'm not gonna go to the local supermarket and get them i'm gonna go you know seek out some of the best (laughs) easter buns in sydney and and um and have a couple of those and you know that's that's fine i did not actually you know fall down and die from eating those Easter buns and they were (laughs) delicious and uh, I I only had one at a time and I really, really enjoyed them. So, you know, I think it's... It was worth it. Oh, 100%. And for other people, obviously, an Easter bun is not that thing, is not their thing, but I've realised that that is one of my things and and going all out for that and making that special too was was great for me. I haven't had an Easter bun for three years either. Well, this is awesome. I'm so happy for you. It sounds like at least mentally you're in a much better place 
Yeah. With regard to food. Yes, yes, yes. And and I think my husband's in a much better place with regards to having to prep all my food too <laughs> and um, being able to go out, uh, you know, go out with friends whenever, um, you know, his, his early, um, I think he's probably pretty happy about that. That's awesome. Mm. That doesn't hurt at all. No, that's a, that's a very, very good thing. Awesome. Well, if you had an, do you have any parting advice for people who are struggling with like, you know, like you, you, like you said, like some people just struggle to think about with thinking about food all the time. And what would you, as somebody who's been there, what would you say? I'd say either definitely do the mindful meal challenge or just grab a couple of meals and focus on what you like about those, what that, that, what the actual taste is in your mouth, how you feel afterwards, because it will make a, a huge difference. You know, it, it really will make a difference rather than kind of scarfing things down. And with those meals, maybe take a little longer and a little time to, to prep them. Also, just so everybody knows, very big fan here of um, the cauliflower that tastes like French fries. Uh, I'll, I'll link the recipe in, <laughs> in the show notes. Yes, because they go in... in um, in quite a lot of, of stuff. And, and again, it's like having that, those meals, it was like, I really like that, you know, um, and, and being able to focus on that. And, and I remember once somebody on your podcast said, this is not hard. This is the opposite to hard. This is the opposite of hard. And I, and I think that's how I felt when I read that Facebook post that, that it's not definitely not hard, you know, and, and it's a lot harder, a lot harder thinking about food all the time, Mm. you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's like, I I just can't emphasize that enough. Like that obsession is so exhausting. Mm. I mean, it's, it's such, it's just, it's such a terrible way to live. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Not fun. And I think also realizing it's a work in progress. It's not a 12 week program. It's not a one month thing. It's a, you know, where, where am I going with this? What can I learn from this? Uh, what learning process? Yeah. What can I try next? Yeah. it's a really good point. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm really happy for you. I like my heart is smiling for, oh. for your new freedom. Yes. My heart is smiling and so is my husband's. Thanks for listening to the Foodist Podcast. I'm Daria Rose. And if you're interested in upgrading your own health style, learning how to get healthy and lose weight without dieting and without all of the suffering that it brings, then head over to my website, Summer Tomato, and sign up for my weekly newsletter. When you sign up, you'll get a free starter kit that'll teach you the basics of how to start changing the way you think about food, health, and weight loss. You'll also get a free chapter from my book, Foodist, called The Myth of Willpower that explains the science behind why the no pain, no gain mantra of the weight loss industry is the absolute worst approach to getting healthy. So come over to Summer Tomato and sign up. We have a fantastic community and we would love, love, love to have you. Thanks for listening and I will see you next time.